You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media app for outdoor enthusiasts. If you love to hunt, if you love to fish, camp, hike, if it has to do with the outdoors, you're going to love Go Wild. Now, here's how you download it. It's very simple. All you have to do is go to Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps, find it, search for Go Wild, download it, and instantly you will be part of the community. And what is this community all about? It is about the outdoors. You're going to love it. If you have more questions, check out the website, timetogowild.com, and uh, download the app. It's time to get wild. Welcome to the For Love of the Land podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. Each week, we're interviewing guests from across America. They all have one thing in common. They all are tied to the land. So if you're like us and you love all things land, welcome home. I can't tell you how excited I am to kick off this very first podcast. You know, a lot of times we we think and we come up with ideas, um, and it, they take a long time to marinate, and, and then we'll move forward with them. But this one, this all happened in about a week's time. Um came up with the idea to do for Love the Land podcast and here we are just a few days later because as we talked about it and shared ideas to just make this thing come together it was I don't want to wait until we release the first for Love of the Land podcast so again here we are with episode number 1 on the for Love of the Land podcast and people are now going what in the world is this podcast and I hope that people don't automatically say it's just another hunting or habitat podcast because it's not That's scratch that right. off the plan it's not you're not going to get another podcast that Matt and I rambling for an hour <laughs> or 30 minutes about all things that Honey you would typically habitat. associate us with. This is a much different podcast, one that's going to interview. We're going to be bringing on guests that you probably wouldn't expect to see come on or people in, in fields that are somehow tied to the land mm-hmm. that 
you would go, wow, I, I never really expected to hear somebody like that on a podcast, but there's information to be gained by listening to those people and hearing us interact and communicate and ask questions from them. Yeah, so Landon Legacy 2019, we're really expanding reach and broadening horizons uh, as a company, as a podcast that we produce. So right now we do have the Habitat podcast, Habitat Heroes, and then the hunting strategy-based podcast, but this one is devoted to all things land format we're keeping it just as wide open as we can like you talked about and bringing on guests from varied subjects and and subject matter experts maybe it's a soil guy maybe it's a very successful farmer it could be a 40 acre hobby farmer who moved from the city to a to this little piece of heaven and are trying to do something totally different with it absolutely hydrologist it doesn't matter any anyone who is somehow tied to the land and has a unique story that is what we want to share. And going and taking that another step further, we're also, as a segment of For Love of the Land podcast, going to be talking with and to each week several different land agents from across the nation. We are real estate agents. However, we are coming at this just as unbiased as possible and interviewing agents from anywhere east coast to west coast that deal with land and big brokerages all yeah. the way down to a one county brokerage that's it we want to talk land um, that's our desire to be just a great resource for people who love the land and all things land just like us so this is the way that we've chosen to do that and so each week we're going to have a subject matter expert we're going to hear from us talking about some aspect of land and then you're going to hear from very brokers, land agents from across the country on their top listings. So you'll be able to understand maybe property values of land in, in Tennessee or riverfront property in Colorado or, or oceanfront property or Chesapeake Bay property. In, oceanfront property in Arizona? <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that before. <laughs> pretty pricey too. <laughs> it is pretty pricey. Got a heck of a view though. Yeah. Um, so you will get a wide eclectic taste of land from across the country and people that use the land differently different ways to recreate on the land Um, again the common theme here is land if you haven't figured that out by the first four minutes of this podcast we've mentioned land land. everything (laughs) so to give you guys a little bit of a background maybe you're a first time listener to our podcast great to have you thanks for joining us um we also have two other podcasts that we've been doing for a little over two years now, um, or close to two years. One that's devoted to land and habitat, <laughs> land, get it? Yep. Um, habitat mainly, and our thoughts as um, land consultants. That's where we really, that's kind of the start of this whole thing was becoming consultants and traveling the country, writing management plans for landowners um, to improve their property value as well as improve their property for the native species there. Maybe it's grasses, maybe it's trees, maybe it's all the creatures that um, that live there. That's what we do on a day-to-day basis, but we're also, like Matt said, real estate agents. So one led to the other, and therefore the obsession with land just got stronger and stronger. It certainly did, and that's that's why we are basically doing this podcast. We're tying all these aspects that, of land that we deal with um, on a day-to-day basis and really bringing it back home and doing this For Love of the Land podcast. So you'll hear, um, like I said, subject matter experts on, on maybe they um, are buffalo farmers. Who knows? It doesn't matter, but we're not um, keeping a closed mind and just focusing on, on a niche of, of 
wildlife and habitat management here on this podcast. This is going bigger, broader, and um, everyone's welcome. And anyone who loves land, I think, will find something on a weekly basis that they can connect with and learn as well. Now, we have information that we're going to be sharing, but then again, we're we're reaching out to people from across the country. So um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see how this podcast grows and, you know, hear the stories and connections. That's that's one of the reasons why we do love land because as, as we talk with whether new or, or veteran landowners on a weekly basis, you hear stories that get passed down from one landowner to another and everyone has a different way that they connect with land and every time we bring someone on they're going to be able to share that and share their insight and connection and that's what we want to do too is listen and hear back from people who enjoy this podcast so there's ways to contact us through our social media whether it's facebook land and legacy or instagram at land and legacy or go on to the website and email us at info at landlegacy.tv but we want to hear the stories and that's what basically drives us fuels our passion um for land and, and it's so exciting to to know that this is just the start of something that we feel can get huge and be a part of people's weekly lives. can help somebody buy their first piece of property Certainly. or somebody find the right agent in their area to sell their piece of property mm-hmm. Um, so they can get top dollar for it um, and sell it the quickest way possible. It's really just devoted to hopefully encourage people to get more connected with the land. Whatever um, application that may be, whether it be the purchasing of the land or maybe you're already a landowner and you're trying to think of ways to improve it, hopefully you'll find a guest or maybe Matt and I will share some information on here that will help you improve your piece of heaven absolutely you know there's there's basically sky's the limit with this podcast um and regardless if we're hearing back from listeners and people are sharing the podcast the love for the land and the connection with the land is just going to bleed through all that um it's going to come back and and basically again continue to fuel this thing so um, we're excited to launch it get it out there and hope you guys will enjoy the For Love of the Land podcast. For sure. I think before we really start interviewing guests, we ought to take a little bit of time and kind of give our background on how we got here. Absolutely. So people can understand really what what that highway looked Who like. we are. Yeah. For me, um, of course, I'm 31 years old now, and I've been doing land consulting for about eight years, I think. Eight going on nine, possibly. Um, to where really just working from um, the heartland and, and all the way to the coast on the east. Um, so I've been to Delaware all the way down to Texas now, and then from Georgia um, all the way up to, I think, probably Wisconsin and everywhere in between. Um, in the first two years, I might jump ahead of myself there, but I'll just it's give okay. an idea. Yeah. We've been 18 states now, right? 18 different 18 states. 18 different states with our company, Land and Legacy. And in the past two years. In the past two years, yes. Keep that in mind. Land and Legacy was incorporated in, in 2016. December uh, 2016. So we squeaked yeah, in. <laughs> squeaked in at the very end of the year. Um, and we've been on in 16, 18 states. 18 states. 18 states and t- over 22,000 acres that we've helped manage and, and 
write plans to improve that piece of ground. I wouldn't say we I have the qualification, um, but I do have the passion of, of a lot of the naturalists out there um, to where I really enjoy the natural history of our country and the land and, and what it looked like pre-settlement um, and then how we can really use that knowledge to improve the ground that we have today. So um, for eight years, I've been working with landowners doing that. Before that, I was actually working in... Uh, the hunting industry as a videographer and shortly before that I was uh, with the Missouri Department of Conservation um, really kind of getting hands-on feel of large property management with a couple of the places we worked were several thousand acres so um, yeah it's been a it's a road that was all on land and then of course I went to college um, at Hard Work U College of the Ozarks there in Branson Missouri and studied agriculture go figure and uh did that for four years, worked construction. So if you know anything about Hard Work U, there's a um, work for your tuition. So we built a lot of things. Um, but really my fuel, my passion for land came back to as a child. We had a family farm and uh, we spent the weekends going with dad to the farm to work the cows and do all things that any country kid would love to do on their on their piece of ground. So uh that's really what started it all, managing it, trying to improve it for, for the uh, deer and turkeys. And uh, then that turned into quail and all things, really, how can we incorporate the cows into a management plan that really helps the wildlife? And because for a lot of the years, as Matt will probably say this about his upbringing, you didn't really see that cows and wildlife could coexist. Mm -hmm. And through the process of education, um, understanding that it's crucial for the longevity of your farm, of your land, to have both if if you really want to squeeze the maximum potential out of it. So we're working daily on improving our farms um, and then also helping other people improve theirs and, and how we can really maximize um, everything, if you will, squeeze every drop out of that sponge and get every bit of profit and um, potential out of it. So... Um, that's really what started for me. Um, and now I'm just a full-on freak for land. <laughs> full-on freak for land. That's yeah, pretty I, accurate. That, that <laughs> is. I mean, a lot of people can say they read, uh, I don't know, maybe you read Sports Illustrated or ESPN or New York Times. I read books on soil and I read books on uh, explorers and um, flowers. And one of my favorite things right now, just to give you a little bit of an example, is um, – the book that I'm reading is a field guide to North American trees. There you go. So, uh, there, all that, things. That's land. how much of a nerd I am. Yeah. So for for me, I grew up on the East Coast in Virginia. Um, grew up in a very tight knit family, um, kind of a farming family. Uh, my uncle was a hay and crop production. His son was in crops, and my dad and granddad both ran cattle and had small cattle operations. So grew up in a lot of farming influence and working the land and hunting the land. And my dream was always to be able to tie those two aspects of, of my childhood um, into basically a career. And that then got me interested in wildlife management, wildlife biology. So went to college, got a degree, and um, was able to, to chase that dream with a lot of great uh, internships and people helping me along the way um, 
focused a lot on white-tailed deer, doing some research things, but then after graduation, went to work for a private land consulting company um, in Maryland, worked the East Coast and naval bases and army bases, um, basically federal and private lands on the East Coast. And then met Adam, I guess I was in college, really, that was an internship, went out to Missouri um, and did an internship with a consulting company here in Missouri. Soon after working there in Maryland, got called back to Missouri for a full-time position, and uh, that's kind of where we, we, Adam and I both reconnected. Um, And then from there, we just really came together as in learning land and learning more than just, you know, food plots and hunting industry and wildlife. There was more to it. There's more of a connection between the animals and the land and the resources on the land and the history of the land. And things just began to grow and change for us. And then we ended up basically stepping away from those positions and starting our own company, Land and Legacy, like you said, back in December of 2016. And uh, in the process of all that, we became brother-in-laws as well. So our wives are sisters. And so that makes for an interesting dynamic as well. So um, anyhow, we're very tight-knit family and uh, travel the country now, working with landowners, helping to improve their properties and work together as a team in real estate. And that just has fueled the fire of connection. You said one thing there that really got me thinking um, that I I hope a lot of people can, they'll probably hear it um, through the podcast over time, but um, land management or working on the land isn't for us a technique to try and ensure that we're going to fill more deer tags come fall. It really comes down to our name of, I want to improve this so much so that I benefit all the native species that are here to where even once I step away, there's still my effect that my work is still felt here. It's not a, I'm going to plant a food plot and if I step away, it's all gone and nobody would ever know I'm here. There's more of a positive impact that lasts for hopefully generations to come past us because we've passed down this information that we've taught ourselves or learned from somebody else passing it down to us. hundred percent. And that, that goes back to basically the name land and legacy. It's tied and woven right into, into that. And this next step of the for love of the land podcast has allowed us to expand our company and our business and the brand of land and legacy into something more than, than a, just a consulting company or, or us just doing real estate, you know, locally out of Missouri, you know, this has allowed us to kind of combine forces with all of those things that we've been building the past couple of years to then produce a podcast that is devoted to all things land, not just habitat, not just hunting and share a passion for this incredible resource that ties people from across states um, ties and binds families and produces heritage and tradition, um, whatever it may be in any way people use land, whether it's farming or hunting or just recreating. It's an incredible resource, and we're very passionate about that resource, learning that resource, and learning how to improve it. There's incredible um, things that are going on across the, the country in this day and age we live in, whether it's, you know, the management of natural uh, or 
national forest, um, to wildfires, whatever it is, we are connected to land. We will always be as a society, as a culture, and there's there's just huge connections. So we're committed to sharing those, sharing our personal experiences, and sharing those connections that people, land agents, and, and subject matter experts have across the country. So that's why we're here. It's a little bit of background about ourselves. Um, we're excited for the journey uh, for the Love of the Land podcast. Absolutely, and I really hope people enjoy it, and I hope that they listen to this podcast and maybe they have a position where they work with the land and they think, well, that'd, that'd, that'd be really cool. They've got an interesting story. Shoot us an email at info at and let's talk and see if, you would, if you'd want to come on the podcast Absolutely. or, um, or a, a real estate agent. As, as we step into these listings that we'll highlight this week, um, you're going to see um, the opportunity for you if you have a great listing somewhere in the USA shoot us an email. Love to have you come on. And uh, it's just a great way for all of us to connect in a very unbiased way Mm -hmm. um, and and network and connect. And and maybe there's a a pool of buyers out there and a pool of sellers, and we can kind of intertwine and figure out how we can basically overall improve the value of land. That's it. So, and it may be dollars of value. Or it may be the value that a person puts into it for their self and their family. That's exactly uh, right. Really, to me, that would value probably be more subjective. important. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> ultimately, we just want more people to be outside enjoying, uh, enjoying the creation we have of land. That's exactly right. So this week, as we reach out to land agents from across the country, we go to Iowa, Kansas, and then two agents in Missouri. That's right. So hope you guys enjoy what they had to say about some special listings. Yeah, I I, I really do too, I, and I think they're going to, and it hopefully will give them an idea of what's in store for the future. Of Each week they're going to get some listings, um, and they're going to get some information for who knows how it's going to come about, but it's going to be some way that they can use it to their advantage, hopefully. Absolutely. All right, guys, enjoy. All right, agent number one that we're interviewing is, is Mr. Ben Harshine. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Doing, doing good. great. Doing good. So tell us a little bit as we jump in. Tell us who you're with and where you're at. Sure. Yep, I'm with uh, Whitetail Properties Real Estate, and I'm in eastern Iowa. So uh, with, with Whitetail Properties, my brokerage assigns us territories that we can exclusively market uh, and, and advertise in. Um, so I've got a handful of, uh, of counties in uh, east central Iowa. Um, part of it is considered southeast Iowa, and then a couple of my counties are more considered central Iowa. So I'm essentially located along the uh, Interstate 80 corridor um, near Iowa City, and then I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I go south, primarily south from there. So I've got Lawiza County. I've got Washington Keokuk, Mahaska, those are those are uh, uh, counties that go from the Mississippi River on west, and I've got the Skunk River that goes through there. So the Skunk River is a pretty notorious one in in uh, southern Iowa for some some uh, pretty good deer hunting and uh, and habitat. And then I've you go north, I've got Johnson County, which is kind of unique because that's that's where Iowa City is. So I've got some land there that's more on the uh, developmental. Uh, uh, developmental ground because Iowa City is growing. There's a lot of buildable acreages there. So 
that's kind of interesting. And then as you head west, I got a lot of CRP and tillable ground uh, and as you get into Iowa and Powshee, Katama County. So I, I've got a pretty good variety, uh, tillable heavy, ag heavy, but there's still some really good uh, whitetail habitat throughout my counties as well. Man, that's cool. I think, you know, when you just say Iowa, there's already like a, you know, a mindset that people have, oh my gosh, southern, southeast Iowa, Mississippi, like it's just, it's flyway, it's farm ground, it's whitetail hunting. That's, that's a pretty cool place to be on land every single day of the week and uh, kind of have your hand in that pot. When you say southern Iowa, I think a, cat, or a crop farmer, his, his ears would perk up, and yep. then I think a deer hunter would definitely perk up. So And, and cattle, too. There's a lot of yep. cattle. Great area it. to be. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, southern Iowa, so basically, if I, you know, um, to, to break the state of Iowa down, uh, the, 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 the two southern rows, um, the two southernmost rows of counties is your classic southern Iowa uh, high-end whitetail hunting that a lot of people know about, the, mm-hmm. the two counties that are on the Missouri line. Yep. And you got a lot of cattle country uh, down there because of how rugged it is. There's a lot of pasture, uh, a lot of cattle operations. There's obviously tillable ground there, but as you start to head north, ground gets a lot more flat a lot more wide open all the way up into some counties in northern and central iowa there's just really no there's really not even many whitetails i don't think there's mm. i think there's some counties they don't even sell doe tags for so wow. it gets to be really wide open in the northeast corner of iowa you've got some really rugged bluff country where the glaciers didn't come through they kind of they consider that the driftless region big bluffs completely different uh uh, type of land than, than what I'm selling down here, but uh, yeah, I've got a good a good variety for anybody that wants to rip around in the country. Awesome, that's, that's so cool. What's it, the property you'd like to highlight today? Yeah, I'd like to highlight. Uh, I've got 260 acres in Van Buren County. A um, uh, little bit of background: Van Buren County is is a uh, a county where there are uh, the most doe tags sold uh, per year. So uh, the Iowa DNR will uh, manage the count at the county level for the doe tags, which is, that's a pretty, that's a relatively precise way to, to make sure that um, you're controlling the herd as, as good as you can. Uh, Van Buren County happens to have the most sales uh, throughout the state. So it's a, it, it's a very high population of whitetails down there, very high population of turkeys as well. Some pretty good small game hunting. Um, but this 260 that I've got, is is really a turnkey managed hunting property and um, we're selling it uh, we're asking eight hundred and eighty thousand. it's a approximately 200 acres of your classic timber uh whitetail cover and in that cover you've got a variety of of uh hardwood rolling hardwood ridges uh we've got some uh some cedar thickets some kind of early successional uh, habitat like that young forest that's regenerating you've got a good variety of cover there uh, and there's a nice trail system that, that goes through that timber and, and around the property then you've got about 60 acres of of tillable um, fi- i believe 50 i want to say 52 acres is is in row crops and then uh, the remaining acres there about eight acres or so is rented out for alfalfa hay okay uh, cool Yep, a lot so, of diversity. I'll say that. what a what a balance in a property in 260 acres. You have just about everything: wooded draws, timber, thickets, 
uh, early successional habitat, tillable ground, and then there's even a structure on the place as well, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of good structure, a lot of good edge. Um, it, it's the the tillable is is broken up into uh, like three different fields, um, and those like one of the fields is is a, a nice rectangle, but then a, the other two have like these nice spokes coming off of them, and it sets up really good for late season. Mm. So. Um, like the future buyer could could farm it themselves if they've got the equipment, uh, they could cash rent it, and then they. Uh, what my current seller does is he custom farms it. Mm-hmm. And, and anybody that's listening that isn't aware of custom farming, is essentially the 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 landowner is also considered like the farm tenant. And what that means is that uh, that that landowner will pay for all the inputs, and your input costs would be your seed. Uh, your chemical application, pesticide application. Um, so you'll pay for the inputs, and then you'll also pay for uh, the operator to actually plant and harvest. So typically it's done per acre. And then uh, at the end of uh, the growing season, when it's ready to harvest, you do your own grain marketing. So it's it's up to you to, to, to sell your grain or, or, or store it somewhere. Um, so you've got all of the all the skin in the game as far as input, and then the output, which can be better than just typically cash renting it and just, you know, for a flat rate. Um, why that's advantageous is that you are able to control the amount of grain. You know, us whitetail hunters and land managers, we want to be able to give our, our wildlife the food necessary to get through a harsh winter. Mm-hmm. That's going to give them the nutrition they need, but it's also going to keep them from roaming off of your ground. And it's just a really good way to hold deer and manage your herd is whenever you give them enough food over the winter time. So when you custom farm it, you can keep those crops there. It's totally up to you what, what you want to keep standing. In this case, my seller, he chooses to uh, – his strategy is basically to break even and uh, you know be able to pay for his time and, and everything. So he's not losing money, but he's giving his, his whitetails – plenty of crops standing late season and that has been an integral part of his management plan he's had it for four years and he's been able to hold a lot of good up-and-comers onto this property and we're really starting to see the benefits of that now um, just in time for him to be selling it so. that's pretty cool that's uh, definitely something that I, uh, I i know guys like in southern missouri can envy is uh, a premier whitetail property that can make enough money to where you're not <laughs> You're not just dumping a load Completely of cash. Just it out. To, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people experience. So it's great that this guy has a system down to where he's got great hunting, but he's not he's not losing it over uh, dumping just cash to provide the food and the resources for the wildlife that he's wanting to uh, that he's wanting to chase. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The dollars and cents, to an extent, has to you know it has to make sense for for most people, and uh, this is a, a good way to have. Um, you know, have a good, solid, high-end management plan, but also not be totally crushing the, the wallet every year. For sure. I, I notice in, in some of the pictures there's some hunting blinds on this property. Are those going with the with the sale of the farm? Yep, yep. So we're marketing as turnkey. Turnkey basically uh, means this, this baby's ready to go, ready to enjoy. There's really not a ton. I mean, we can always find habitat work that, that – uh, uh, there, there's always going to need to be something done if you're really trying to manage the ground sure, uh, yeah. long-term as land steward. But um, turnkey meaning, yes, five blinds are going to be going with it. The redneck tower bl- tower blinds, I think the three are, are the, the traditional fiberglass uh, hard-sided ones, and there's a couple soft-sided ones that are mm-hmm. also elevated. They're already strategically placed that 
uh, for, for some good quality late season hunting. And, and then, uh, um, also part of that, this, this deal is a cabin. We've got a, oh, cool. um, a, a, a two bedroom, one bath cabin that we, we call it a cabin, but it, it really could serve as a small house for somebody. It's really nice. It's well built, well insulated. It's efficient. It's warm. It's cozy. Um, and then there's a loft upstairs, which is nice because, uh, technically it's not a, a third bed bedroom, but it could be used as one. Sure. And, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's large and, and there's a number of beds up there as well. So it could be a, a good summer, uh, getaway for somebody. It could be a good weekend getaway, even could be a, a nice house for somebody and they could build on if they, they so desire. So there's the cabin, there's the outbuilding. We've got rural water there, which is a nice thing. You're not messing with a well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the end of a dead end road and, uh, you know, I'd say the most unique selling point to this one is that it's it's ultra secluded and it's buried in, um, you know, and I measured it. It's it's from gravel to gravel, east, west, north, south. It's about eight square miles that this farm is in the middle of eight oh, wow. square miles of classic uh, whitetail farm country. And this thing with a lot of cover lies right in the center of it. So. Um, you just can't find that everywhere, especially in the Midwest where you've got a lot of, a lot of section lines, a lot of, you know, you got gravel every square mile basically. So, um, to find something that's got this much uninterrupted ground going through it is really advantageous for, um, a a lot of wildlife to be there, to be comfortable. You're not going to be dealing with uh, trespassing. We've got some really good neighbors in this area. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, being positioned like that is a, another selling point in, in That's my That's huge, house. absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think of a couple buyers that come to mind. A deer hunter who's still going to have some income coming from the crop ground or a crop farmer who could then lease out the hunting rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This would be a, a, a great spot uh, for I could certainly see, you know, a couple guys, maybe even three going in together. Uh, and, and, you know, let's say that they're out of state. They, they, they drew a, the coveted Iowa bow tag. Uh, and and um, they would want to maybe lease this for the entire season, uh, not just trying to put all their chips into maybe one week of a guided hunt or an outfitted hunt. Yeah. Um, and you got the, you got the place to stay there as well. So I've actually heard from a couple of potential buyers that, that looked into something like that, mm, uh, where, gotcha. you know, they see it more as an investment opportunity. Um, so yeah, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, but this one really is, if you're, uh, if, if, if you're serious about, about whitetail hunting, turkey hunting, ha- having a place, um, like this is, is going to allow you to be able to be selective with the deer that you're you're killing and that you're choosing to pass. Uh, my seller's uh, management strategy has been to pass. Um, his goal has really been to pass four-year-olds and, and younger, um, and even some five-year-olds that he felt has been have been homebodies. He's he wanted them to get to six. So wow. um, he's shoot, shot a lot of call bucks and management bucks over the years to try to get those bullies off of there and give his two and three-year-old up-and-comers and four-year-olds give him some space to thrive yeah um, so sure. it's it's been working out really well for him his his daughter shot a hunt mid-60s uh 10 in the uh early youth muzzleloader season mm-hmm. and she's she's not even 10 years old so she killed a great buck there in the beginning of the season and and uh 
it's been uh, it's been a good one. Um, you know, yeah. so uh, you, get, Clearly, you got that, and then you also got the 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 pond is here as well. So oh uh, yeah, you, fishing opportunities. Yeah, you've got a, a stock pond, and, and uh, if you're not as hardcore of a, a hunter, still a good place to come and recreate and just get away from town. Absolutely. Yeah. During the off season, that's a great place for a little family getaway, it sounds like. Well, rolling through these pictures, there's a, a ton of deer on here, great caliber deer. Clearly, there's been something going on correct, correctly for the for the hunting. There's some studs in those pictures. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's a number of uh, deer there. I think he's up to 12 now that he's got three years of history with or more that are, are still alive. So wow, that's incredible. Um, that's a that, that's telling in itself, in of itself, that not only is he doing the right things uh, to set this one up, but also uh, the neighborhood is really not pressuring this, this herd uh, a ton. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what a lot of, a, a lot of good things going on with this one. It's definitely my, my premier listing that happened. Yeah, what a fantastic opportunity for an outdoorsman and uh, his his or her family or, or friends or associates, whatever. This is a great place, and thank you very much for sharing it with us. How could they uh, reach you to learn more on this property? Yeah, i tell you what. Um, you go on whitetailproperties.com, and you look for my name, Ben Harshine. Uh, you're you're going to find me, but I, I, prefer, uh, I prefer to talk on the phone, honestly, and, and get a feel for what buyers are looking for, and we can talk one-on-one and then answer any specific questions that you if you really want to dive deeper into, into any of my listings so uh, feel free to give me a call my phone number is 319-853-1162 uh, give me a shout we can we can talk land in, in eastern iowa perfect well there you have it thank you so much for joining us ben yeah thank you guys appreciate it we'll see you ben caleb davis are you there i'm here how are you doing adam Matt, sorry. <laughs> we no. are doing fantastic. Um, you've got a fantastic property from the sounds of it in Republic County, Kansas. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It sure is. Three miles south of uh, the city of Belleville. Okay. You go uh, basically take the road three miles to the north, and you'd be sitting in a in a uh, Dollar General parking lot that close. <laughs> okay. So it is. Uh, it's definitely. Uh, a unique property got some really good characteristics um, for the for basically anybody investment guy but what i get most excited about of course and you guys probably too is the the deer hunting and turkey hunting side of it so absolutely you do a lot of real estate in north central kansas that's kind of your territory if you will is that correct yep yep yes sir just this kind of north of i-70 and here in north central kansas yeah and uh as you guys know some darn good deer hunting up in this this area as you guys basically hunt almost neighboring property you're used to um to stuff that i hunt yeah which which is uh always always been a fun trip for us um it's been a fantastic one um in years past i've been able to harvest a couple deer but just that area just the country is is fascinating um beautiful close to that um, Republic River, so Republican yeah. River. Um, yeah. But tell us a little bit more about this property and kind of its features. Um, why is it so unique? Yeah, so it's 314 acres, and like I said, it's really close to town, but uh, also, I mean, really remote. It does have roads on three sides, good, well-maintained county roads, um, which gives it uh, the ability to access as far as deer stands and, and for farming equipment. 
Um, but the property itself really, I guess what I like about it so much is the diversity. There's about 150 acres of, of good tillable creek bottom. Um, mm-hmm. And that, of course, drives really good income. Um, creek, Riley Creek runs through the property. One of the really unique things that I, when I first toured the property, really, really stuck out to me. There's a buffer strip, conservation buffer strip that runs the entire length of the creek on both sides. Um, cool. It's just native grass. Um, Interesting. Of course, that's for erosion and, and, and um, you know, soil runoff and chemical mm-hmm. runoff um, from going into the creek. But, I mean, as you guys know, you put native grass up next to a creek and then it drops off into timber butts up against great food source, deer beds. I mean, it's, it's, it was, it was a lot of fun to walk. I mean, that's at the point where the real estate agent side of me, when I'm touring properties like that kind of goes out the wall and I'm thinking, there's where I'd put a deer stand. This is where I'd put a tree stand. (laughs) You you almost start scouting the property for yourself, but sure. um, Yeah. So it, that, that in itself right there. And then um, kind of the Southwest corner of the property is, is pretty thickly wooded with the the old uh, eastern red cedars, as you guys love. But yeah, I see that quite... there's a lot of eastern red cedar. What is those yeah. uh, in the southwest portion of this property? You can see where the eastern red cedar are kind of around the edge of the timber. What? But what makes up the kind of that open ground that's getting encroached a little bit by eastern red cedar? That's just it's a lot of native grass and okay. big blue, little blue, um, and that's actually. Um, I found a shed in there. Uh, it's a, it's just a five point right side. And, uh, when I was down walking through that and if the other side matched it and he had decent width, it'd be, uh, it's a easy mid one seventies, one eighty inch deer. It's just one of those, mm. like wow. I picked it up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this thing's heavy. Right, <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's, it's just one of those, like, it's really awesome. So, um, and then. The one thing too, if if you get it, uh, if anybody listening gets a chance to look at it, they can go on um, our mapping service in Terrastride or wherever, um, and look at like a terrain map or a topography map. You really kind of get a sense of all the drainages, the creek, all kind of intertie into this property. Mm-hmm. And um, again, as you guys know, deer, turkey, and everything else. That's that's just kind of where you want to be. Um, Sure. As far as they they love running those drainages, and, um, but yeah, the great great tillable great income. Off How much of the, income? Uh, last year he was over eleven thousand um, dollars. I don't I haven't got numbers back from him for for twenty eighteen because he they had wheat, but then they also had some beans. If you look at that kind of northern weird shaped field, mm-hmm. yeah, um, but. Yeah, so, so I mean he's he, he's over he's over eleven thousand, and that's with this like the CRP payments for the buffer strips as sure. well. Um, gotcha. And and they and it's it's got good fence. Uh, they they run cattle kind of on that west and southwest side. There's a pond on the northwest corner, so um, they've been intensely grazing it. But um, I think for the guy that really wanted to, he could do a short, short intense graze, yank the cows off, and. Um, there's just so much potential to have a really dynamite uh, wreck property for sure. Well, wow. if it's so anything it be... like like the property we've hunted in the past in that area, you know, once the crops are cut, 
there looks to be a pretty good drainage and a lot of cover on the farm. And, yeah. um, you know, that's going to pull in a lot of deer. So once those crops from the surrounding farms are all gone, uh, this this looks, as you zoom out, to be a great location uh, for holding absolutely. deer throughout the season. Yeah. What other hunting possibilities are there? Are there any quail, pheasants, yeah, uh, small absolutely. game on this property? Yep. And with that buffer strip that runs, uh, you know, along the creek, as, as we talked about, um, I know I busted a covey of quail in the mule when I was driving through it, showing it uh, right, actually right before uh, pheasant season started. Mm. Um, and of course, turkeys are roosting down in there. And, um, and it's hard to kind of tell, but there is definitely, you can see the line there of real thick, mature timber. So there's a lot of roosting and stuff for turkeys. But yeah, quail, squirrel, rabbits, I mean, you name it. It's just your kind of typical north central Kansas mix. Um, and really, I think, um, and I'm not a big upland game hunter, but I know from sitting in a tree stand and touring properties and spending basically my life outside farming and real estate, um, we're, we're hopefully on the rebound of some of this bad uh, upland, upland um populations yeah coming back a little bit i believe if i remember right kansas has had a huge spike in the last couple of years on on quail populations so yeah yeah it's exciting it really is so really sounds like this property could be whatever you want to make it it could be uh, a great hunting farm um, with some income from the crop ground whether you plant them yourself or or rent it out or um, you could have some cow for me i think Man, you could really have some great income from cattle, crop, and then you could graze some cover crops, but still have the ability to enjoy the recreational side of it with the hunting possibilities. Sure. Yeah. And there's an old homestead site, kind of really unique to the ones that you and not you and uh, um, his name's Adam Matt and Matt, <laughs> Matt, Adam, and I when we still all, here. Uh, we're up here. <laughs> when uh, we were we're up here in the Flint Hills, that old homestead that we came. Uh, across and we were down there. Yes, yeah. Um, there's a there's an old home site on this place, old windmill and stuff that they actually used to go down and camp and stuff at. Um, it's just it's just a really unique, cool place. And this was one of the places that after we had done that um, Flint Hills property up here, this was one that I was really hoping we would get uh, a good solid buyer and I could get you guys out to do a solid plan on because I know you guys have love it too we love all land that's exactly why we're doing this podcast so once again it's 314 acres and what is the current asking price the current asking price is one million um sixty seven thousand dollars okay well you got it there it is right there in north central kansas 314 acres um caleb any last closing thoughts on this property no, I just, uh, you know, if anybody's interested in, in, you know, north central Kansas land, um, hunting properties, investment, farm ground, you know, you name it. I do a lot of just farm ground. And if, uh, if anybody's interested in buying or selling, just uh, give me a shout, talk to me. If it's not a good fit, we'll, uh, we'll find the right fit for you. How so, can they contact you? Yeah, so best way probably just call or text me, um, uh, 785-785. Four four seven one six nine four. Um, I always have my phone on me. Don't always answer. Got kids, but I promise <laughs> I get back to you. Uh, so yeah, awesome. that's the easiest way. Or go to uh, um, mossyoakproperties.com and just uh, look me up. 
Awesome. Well, we appreciate it, Caleb, so much. And uh, hopefully somebody out there listening will will perk up and maybe give you a shout. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Caleb. Take care. Yep. Brian Peck, are you there on the phone? I'm here. Awesome. We we appreciate you jumping on the line with us this week. Um, Tell us a little bit about you, your real estate company, and where you're located. Well, I'm, I'm the owner of Mossy Oak Properties uh, in Marshfield, Branson, and Mountain View. Uh, we opened our first office in 2014, and uh, we mainly concentrate on land and farms. Um, just kind of goes along with the theme of Mossy Oak, and it's a great brand and a great platform uh, for selling uh, recreational properties and farms. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hey. What counties does that cover? Three offices, I'm sure you've got a long list. So pretty much, yeah, could we summarize uh, that in anything Southern Missouri? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, Webster, Dallas, Laclede, all the way down to Taney, Stonebury, and then east to Howell and Shannon and, and Texas. So we, we cover a huge area. That's okay. a lot of ground. A lot of recreational ground, a lot of cattle ground, um, country homes. And you guys kind of do it all. We do it all. And... There's a reason that uh, Missouri is second in cow-calf productions in the United States. It's because we have great cattle farms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of cattle farms, that sounds like that's the property you want to highlight today. That's a great segue into this property. <laughs> <laughs> so tell yep. us a little uh, bit about it. Well, I'm, I'm uh, in the process of uh, listing 254-acre cattle farm in Webster County, Um uh, just an awesome cattle farm uh, set up with uh, pipe corrals, sorting facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, got an incredible house on it. Uh, the current owner, uh, they also have horses and, and uh, do some cowboy stuff. They like to team rope and things like that. Oh, cool. So they have a, uh, a large pen where they uh, practice team roping and, and things like that. So that's it. Really, really nice cattle farm. How uh, honestly, it's it's kind of rare to have a cattle farm that size come available in Webster County. Mm, There's yeah. not very many of them to do. Webster County being very close for our listeners, very close to Springfield, uh, Missouri. What what town is this one closest to? Uh, the the closest town is Niangua, but uh, it's about fifteen minutes either way to Niangua or Marshfield. Okay. Gotcha. So what's the mix of timber to open ground, pasture ground? It's about 80% open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pasture ground's in great shape, uh, low pressure cattle-wise on it. Okay. Um, uh, the fences are cattle tight. I mean, it's it's ready to go. Fescue, fescue pastures? Yeah, fescue uh, does have about a 15-acre brome field that they use for hay. Okay. Uh, but other than that, it's... Uh, it's perfect, honestly. What What's your best guess on on uh, top end of, of cow calf pairs that you believe this farm could um, basically comfortably run on a, on a given year? Well, that you know, it depends on whether you want to put up your own hay or or you buy hay where you can run more cattle. But if you put up hay on this place, you could run seventy pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to run a few more cattle and buy your hay, which you know, I farmed for years, and to me, it just penciled out better to uh, to buy my hay uh, year after year and run more cattle sure. than it did to to uh, 
restrict your cattle numbers and, and put up your own hay. So, you, you know, not to, I don't like to pressure a place, uh, but this would for sure run 70 pair. Mm-hmm. Is wow. there any structures on the property, homes or cabins, anything like that? Yeah, got a brick home that was built uh, in 1973, which uh, the current owner grew up there. So that's how long it's been in the same family. Uh, they completely renovated it uh, in the last two years. Uh, it's three bedroom, two bath, like I say, brick home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a full basement. Uh, the basement is not finished, but very well could be. Uh, it has uh, one outbuilding, be more like a shop, uh, 30 by 40. And then uh, the current owners had just poured a 50 by 80 concrete uh, pad with walls, short walls. And uh, they also plumbed in their outside stove so they could heat this building. Uh, so the concrete pad's there, but they have not built the structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... You know, the new owners can can finish that however they want. Now, you said 80% open, and Correct. we're Missouri boys, so we know uh, we like our hunting. What What's the rest of the um, track comprised of? Is that mature timber, um, young it's, forest? What, what you yeah, got there? Yeah, both. Um, and actually, while I was previewing the property, um, we did see a very nice buck driving through uh, uh, probably a 20 15 20 acre patch of timber mm-hmm. uh there is a lot of deer sign um it's 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 more of a cattle farm sure but you could for sure have a place to hunt on there too so you could okay. still luck into a good deer once in a while if we, if we haven't Absolutely. mentioned the price yet what is the asking price on this piece uh we're listening at seven hundred ninety-five thousand, and again it's 254 acres okay and and how far outside of the springfield area you know, drive time. So someone, you know, maybe it's a family that would come in or something, dad cattle farms and, and the, the wife works in town. How, how far outside of that are we looking? You could be 45 minutes. I actually, uh, I actually grew up not too far from this farm and I worked in Springfield when I was a teenager. Okay. Uh, so drove back and forth every day. So it's about 45 minutes to Springfield. Okay. Not bad at all. Not bad no. at all. No. Great location. It, it has highway frontage, but the home is, is off a gravel road, so uh, the highway is uh, definitely low-pressure highway. There's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of traffic on it, but the home does set off about a quarter about a quarter mile on the gravel road. So so if, if we're looking for a cattle farmer buyer, um, or I guess a horse, a horse um, farmer, uh, a horse rider, What's the water situation? Ponds, electric waters, what, what's this property have? Yeah, um, it does have a pond. Got, uh, of course, well, but um, it does have ponds. It does have a spring. Okay. Uh, the spring is in a bottom and could be, um, you could dam up the bottom and have a really nice lake, but they're just using it for water, you know, for the cattle. Sure. Okay. Very cool. What's the... Uh, any do you have any numbers on broke up basically interior fences is there paddocks or um, cross fencing available yeah 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 there's cross fencing and actually if you wanted to run more than 70 pair you could go in and and set it up for more uh strip grazing or intensive grazing and and actually run more there is uh, 
the 254, there's actually 184 on the house side, and then across the gravel road is 70 acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're currently just using the 70 acres for hayfield, and that's where the uh, the horse arena is, where they they practice their roping and stuff. But um, that would be a great place across the road to wean calves, or uh, you could actually crop that that uh, 70 acres across the road if a person wanted to finish out their calves. Absolutely, throw a little corn and. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish their calves out they got the pad up there to be able to feed off of and and uh store so fantastic sounds like it's a diverse place that uh really someone could come in and uh, fine-tune an operation however they wanted yep absolutely awesome how could they get a hold of you if they wanted to find out even more or um, get a a showing uh my cell phone number is 417-839-7708 and our office phone number is 417 eight five nine hunt so that's that's an easy one to remember there you go absolutely well sounds good brian we appreciate you coming on and talking about this listing um best wishes to you great guys i appreciate you calling you bet take care bye-bye all right next on the for love of the land podcast we have mr nick skinner from iowa nick how you doing good good guys i'm doing good it's it's cold I guess it'd be up here. Um, I guess I'm north of you, so it's cold up here right now. Yeah. And uh, any snow on the ground? Um, in parts, yes. Right here where I'm at, not really, but just south of here, about 20 minutes, there is snow. Yep. Okay, so go ahead and tell us what company you're with and kind of your region. Okay. Um, so I am with um, Iowa Land Company. Um, me and my three brothers uh, started this about two years ago and um, currently serve all of Iowa, um, kind of hence the name Iowa Land Company. Yeah. And um, Makes sense. we are Makes sense. Kinda, yeah. we're located here in uh, the central part of the state around Des Moines area. And then uh, my two brothers, Luke and Matt, have an office in Fort Dodge. And then um, Cody and I have a kind of a satellite office in Vinton, Iowa that uh, we kind of serve the, I'd say, central to east-central part of the state. Perfect. Okay. Area. So, so um, as, as a new brokerage, what, what's kind of your specialty? Or do you have a specialty service everything? Yeah, I mean, obviously our specialty is land, um, and that's really what we strictly focus on. But um, I would say tillable cropland, farmland, um, we do do some recreation um, listings as well. Um, we have a hunting background, kind of grew up hunting and, and do a lot of that. Um, but we like to market and specialize more on the, the tillable farmland side and, uh, and kind of bring those buyers and sellers together. Um, I think it's, it's kind of an old school real estate, um, I guess, approach a little bit just because farmers don't like change a lot. And most of them are older generations so it's you know it's a little tricky to kind of bring those two together Um, a lot of it's word of mouth but um we're we're figuring it out on the marketing side so awesome fantastic cool fantastic yeah i i think it's uh really interesting what you guys have going on so it's four brothers correct that started iowa land company yeah, yep, correct. And and we have, I think we're up to six agents now that serve kind of, um, I would say, southeast particularly, or uh, 
that part of the state. Um, and then we have a few up kind of closer up to Des Moines that kind of do it more part-time, uh, maybe not as full-time, but, um, so we're up to, I think nine agents total, including us four. And okay. then, um, yeah, we kind of serve, you know, the state of Iowa, all 99 counties. Wow. That's awesome. It's a big territory to cover, but that's pretty cool. I mean, you guys yeah. are working with farmers daily. That, that's a neat yeah. – uh, not many people can say that. Yeah, yeah, and it is a big territory, but um, we've kind of tried to hone what we do um, and the way we do it into, you know, being effective doing it this way, and um, it's going well so far. So um, we'll just keep building on that and – Hopefully in 25, 35, 40 years, it's it's bigger and better than, than what we have ever hoped it, it could be. Man, 40 years from now, he's thinking way past where I'm at. I like it. Forward yeah. thinking. That's right. Well, so I, I know you've got a property you want to highlight today, so tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so um, I have a, a new property that just hit the market um, Sunday, actually Sunday afternoon. Um, it's 77 acres uh, here in Warren County, Iowa. And for those that don't know where Warren County is, it's just southeast of Des Moines and actually kind of touches the Des Moines metro. Um, Indianola is a town that kind of is right in the, the center of Warren County. Um, and, and this farm is located kind of in the southeast part of Warren County, just um, northwest of Lacona, Iowa. Uh, kind of a small little town, but um, it has 60, just shy of 61 FSA cropland acres. Mm-hmm. Um, and CSR2 average on those are 57.4. So um, pretty decent for that part of, um, of the county, really. Um, and then... Um, you definitely know it's crop ground when they're throwing out those numbers. <laughs> well, yeah. How, how about for someone who's listening from, let's say, middle of Tennessee, what does yep. CSR2 mean? Break that down for them. Yeah, so so basically what that is is it's a combination of the slope and then the fertility in the soil, and that's just how Iowa kind of um, comes up with – what the the value of that dirt is Mm -hmm. um so they'll give it an average um the higher the the number um which the highest you can get is 100 percent or 100 um and then the as high as you go um the better you know and more fertile the ground is so on average you know the higher quality it'll be and the more you're going to pay per acre for it okay and so, that that can be basically directly correlated to yields off the ground. Yeah, yeah, for year. the most for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it's a yield average of you know five to ten years. So sure, you know they'll they'll kind of average that out. So yeah. out of all the listings you have, do, would you have a idea of what the high end of that CSR two average would be? Um, and, yeah, and then relation to this farm. Yeah, I mean, we've had farms. Um, we had a farm here um, up in the northern part of Warren County um, that went on auction. It was a 40-acre parcel, and it had a 91.8 CSR2. Wow. 
average so and you know that's obviously getting close to the to the 100 so yeah that's you know that low. that brought quite a bit more um just to kind of put it in perspective that brought roughly about nine to ninety five hundred per acre wow. nine thousand to, to ninety five hundred per acre mm-hmm. um and then you know but it's it's very area specific it's very um you know when you get into this area where this farm is um, that soil and slope, um, and that average is, is pretty good for that area. Okay. So, um, yeah. So cool. it's a, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's I, a great tip for everyone to learn and be able to yeah. understand when they're looking at listings like this, what it all means. So yep. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think that's very important for, you know, especially an investor that, you know, has some money to park somewhere and wants to kind of have a solid investment and wants it to, you know, perform, do well and yeah, and perform and um, is to, you know, talk to somebody that knows that area, you know, that's kind of why we wanted to stay within Iowa and, and focus on just the state, you know, that way we don't spread ourselves too thin. Yeah, you're basically you are Iowa subject, basically subject matter experts when it coming to pharma, that's what you would like to create, basically. Yep, correct, correct. Absolutely. Yep. So what is the, uh, I guess, any more information, average income um, on this property? Yeah, so right now um, the owner is currently uh, the operator on it. So he is currently farming it. Um, He would be open to renting it back um, for a a pretty good rate. I would say around $200, um, maybe a little bit more um, per acre. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd say it'd be around $12,000 possible cash rent income if you you know didn't have a tenant or if you weren't an operator yourself okay um and then the farm has been tiled in 2014 it was tiled um so roughly about forty five thousand was spent on that yep um what about crp drains well um so it has about a four acre filter strip um it does have um so the farm kind of is a is an 80 um lace 240s east and west and it has kind of a, a draw that runs um i would say about the middle part of the farm on the south end up to about kind of the northwest part of it um so and it has a filter strip on both sides of that uh draw so gotcha. and that's that um annual payment is a little over a thousand dollars uh, it's $1,000, uh, okay. 20 annually for the next five years. So, so with that uh, filter strip, is there any, uh, bird hunting options on this farm? Is there any pheasants or quail around here? Yeah, there is. Yep. There cool. is. Um, so you, you kind of have a little added benefit there. If you know, if you like to take the kids or, or family out and, and try to shoot, uh, try to shoot some quail or pheasants. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a pretty nice little piece if you're looking for uh, crop ground. Who do you think, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you're assuming the prospective buyer is going to be a crop farmer of some sort. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be an investor. Um, you know, if you can get it bought right, um, right, the listing price on it is uh, $368,000, which is about uh, $47.79 per acre. Yeah. Um, so... You know, if you can get it bought right, I think it could be a pretty good investment and or it could be a, 
you know, an operator buying it or possibly even a, a guy that's kind of getting started on far, with farming and doesn't have a million dollars to spend sure. you gotcha. know, or, or even a half million. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good farm and, you know, drains well and you don't have to worry about it being wet. So you get awesome. crops in and out. That's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very important, and especially for a year like this year, the farmers, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at in Iowa, it's been a, a very rough year for, for the farmers, both getting their crop in um, in the spring and, and trying to get it out here this fall. So Not getting political, but it sounds like there's some momentum with, with the farmers, crop farmers especially, on possibly some good news about soybean soybean prices. Is that correct? Yeah, there is. Um, There could be a a really good uptick um, in the soybean um, prices here over the next, uh, I'd say, three to four months. Awesome. Fantastic. That would be great news for farmers. Perking a lot of ears up there. Yep, 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 it definitely has, and I think they've kind of been waiting for it for a little while now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if a guy's interested on this property, how can he get a hold of you? Um, you can get a hold of me. Um, you can email me. Um, my phone number is 515-468-3610. Um, and then you can check us out. You can check the listing out at iowalandcompany.com and just click on land listings. And it's, uh, I think it might be the second or third one. So we got 77 acres in Warren County, Iowa. What's your email? Uh, email is nick, N-I-C-K, at iowalandcompany.com. Perfect. Well, there well, you have Nick, it. appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing uh, about this 77 acres and Iowa Land Company in general. Yeah, no, no problem. And yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. It's. I'm excited to to be on and uh, kind of a cool idea that you guys have going here. Awesome. Appreciate that, man. Well, hopefully, sometime in the future, you will uh, jump back on here with another thousand acre hunting farm for for sale that you want to share about, right? Yeah, we we have quite a few of those. Those typically come on market um, in the spring. You know, uh, it's kind of the hot time for uh, for that market. But um, we gladly sell a thousand acres tillable as well. So <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Awesome. Well, we will catch you uh, in the future and and take care. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you. Well, well, how about, how about well, them properties? Yeah. I thought it was great. We we went from a cattle farm to a crop farm, yep. and then two recreational properties that yeah. still had um, still had some cash flow with crops. So there was a great mix there. I think, and th- this is going to be the <clears throat> basically the theme of the podcast is that properties and land are diverse. Like there's so many different opportunities within either owning land or having you know. Uh, access to land that you can do and that's the cool thing we went to iowa twice kansas and then in missouri um each piece was 100 percent different offered different things and that's why i guess continued education with land and talking these these specific agents who know these properties inside and out is awesome you pick up on details you you may have never thought about, like in that you're never going to see in the description. You're never yeah. going to see in the video. This gives them a chance to really hear something that may not have been um, described, and so it just gives people a great opportunity to learn more about the piece of ground that they could uh, possibly purchase. Yeah, I mean it's any any knowledge based on land. It's kind of like. Man, I, I just like knowing that. I like being able to look at land, whether you're going down the highway or something, you know, through 
through a different perspective and, um, you know, with, with the information that comes from and out of the podcast and from these varied sources, you know, hopefully that'll give you more perspective. And when you're looking at land, um, to any degree, whether it's online or whether you're listening to it rolling down the highway on this podcast or um, you're in person in a deer stand or on a tractor. That's right. Hopefully. Hopefully there'll be a lot of guys listening to this from the tractor. Yeah. Yeah. Darn right. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I I really hope everybody enjoyed it and uh, they're going to uh, tell their friends about it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So you guys are going to see this, you know, each agent is is most likely going to be sharing this podcast, you know, on their own perspective uh, or respective um, Facebook page, social media stuff. So, you know, it's going to get out there and hopefully um, lots of people will be able to, again, learn from it and uh, take it all in. That's if you right. have any questions regarding this stuff, let us know. Reach out to us at info at landlegacy.tv. We'd be happy to uh, answer any questions regarding these listings or land in general and a big shout out to nick caleb brian and ben for joining us this week absolutely and uh hopefully hopefully they can find a buyer for those properties no doubt wishing the best i guess that pretty well wraps us up but just remember everything you're doing this week do it for the love of the land and the glory to god